You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical and theological questions in 10 minutes or less, or sometimes more like this episode. Here's today's question. Hey, Dr. E. If I wanted to marry a Christian woman who was divorced because the marriage was physically abusive, would I be committing adultery just as Christ so clearly states in Matthew 5.32? Offhand, I think Christ's words are clear, and I think it makes sense to understand that the divorced woman is still connected to her husband. But I see such a different approach today, and I want to know if I'm missing some interpretation or if it's just become a simple compromise in the church today. I've been told a lot of it depends on me having to forgive her for sinning via divorce, but I'm concerned about myself committing adultery simply by marrying her. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, Dr. E, question for you. So I understand that 1 Corinthians 7 speaks to spouses who find themselves in a marriage with a spouse who's a non-believer. Does the Bible say that remarriage is a sin? Assuming that you're divorced and not that your spouse passed away. And especially if, say, your spouse is the one who wanted the divorce, filed for the divorce, so it's kind of out of your hands. Does the Bible say that you should never remarry? Curious on this one, being that divorce rate is so high among most people. I think it's about 50% um, and just affects a ton of people. Um, I also realize this is kind of a difficult question, can be a little thorny for some people, but figured you'd have some good thoughts on this one. Curious to know your answer. First of all, Hannah, this is a major topic, as anybody knows. And my answer in this Q&A obviously cannot be as detailed as I'd like, but I do want to go into some detail. Uh, Let me say, additionally, I have lamented, studied, read, agonized on this issue of divorce and marriage for 40-plus years, even before I started as a pastor because I had college roommates that were getting married and divorced and, and trying to navigate, you know, how do you... How do you process this? Secondly, I don't want to in any way minimize the hurt, harm, trauma uh, that some have experienced through divorce. Uh, Some of the stories that I've been involved with with people's lives, um, they're heartbreaking. And I'm not trying to minimize that or gloss over it. This is a traumatic issue in our culture. And so I want to season the answer with that. And then third, um, I don't want to minimize what Scripture says Mm. about divorce, remarriage. So with those three kind of uh, qualifiers, let's jump into a couple things. Uh, One of the citations that we begin with is Deuteronomy 24, the so-called certificate of divorce. And let me just read Deuteronomy 24, the first four verses. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, And he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out from his house. And she leaves his house and goes and becomes another man's wife. And if the latter husband turns against her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies who took her to be his wife, then the former husband who sent her away, is not allowed to take her again to be his wife, since she has been defiled. For that is an abomination before the Lord, and you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance. Now, let's frame this up. This is God's law to the Hebrew, to the Jew. This is God's intent for his 12 tribes 
and how they were to marry within Israel, within, we would say, Judaism, not to marry outside other cultures, other nationalities. So some of this is going to be a little tricky, and we're not going to go down all those trails in detail, but understand the context. Deuteronomy 24 mentions the certificate of divorce, and I'm not exaggerating that there are probably a thousand plus books written in the Christian label of divorce or remarriage. Sure. So this issue of what is the certificate of a divorce? On the obvious side, the statement, it's not condoning a divorce. This is not a legal document that condones either divorce or remarriage. It is a document that stated the husband found something wrong in his wife, and so he gives he issues this writ and sends her away. If she remarries and divorces that husband or that husband second husband dies, she may not come back to the first husband. Let's be very pedantic. That's what the certificate originally was intended for. If you get married, go through a divorce, she remarries, that husband divorces her or that husband dies, then that wife cannot go back to the first husband. That's the being very picky and technical about the certificate. It sounds very parsed, but I'm going to stick close to the text, not my feelings. Now, let's jump all the way to the New Testament. In Matthew 5 and Matthew 19, Jesus mentions the certificate. Let me read Matthew 19 and see Jesus' remarks. There's a context here. The Pharisees are trying to trip him. So keep that in mind. Let me read a few verses. Matthew 19, beginning at verse 3. Some Pharisees came to Jesus, testing and asking him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he, Jesus, answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. They, being the Pharisees, they said to him, Why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? He, Jesus, said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it has not been this way. And I say to you, Whoever divorces his wife, except for immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If the relationship of a man and his wife is like this, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, Not all men can accept this statement, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who are born that way from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who are made eunuchs by men. And there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to accept this, let him accept this. Now, all that, sorry, let's give some framework here. The first question is, did the certificate of the divorce serve as a certificate to remarry? Hmm. So back to Deuteronomy 24, contextually, he finds something wrong in his wife and his marriage, and we're not going to parse that. He sends her away. Was that a license to remarry? A good argument can be made for no. The document may have simply meant 
to send her home to her family of origin, more than likely, so it didn't disgrace her when she went back to her home. Now, let's take the other side of it. If the argument is made that the certificate of divorce de facto permitted a remarriage, then we have to acknowledge there are restrictions on those remarriages. So, that's the framework. Now, what are the scribes and Pharisees after, and what is Jesus answering? If we take Jesus' remarks carefully, it's significant to me the religious leaders of Jesus' day are still divided about this. Yeah. When they try to set him up, it's a no-win scenario. Sure. And you can't trip up Jesus. We know that from the Gospels. But they're having this debate among themselves. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, no surprise, we're still having this debate in 2019 and counting. So they're testing him, but the fact remains divorce and remarriage were debated even in antiquity. Now, Christ reminds them of God's plan, and this is the main part of Christ's message, is that to become one, let no man separate. That's foundational. That hasn't changed. So they ask him, why then did Moses command that they give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? Now, when we read Jesus' answer to that, we run right away to the exception clause, that except for morality. Right. Before we get there, listen to what he says. Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses permitted you to divorce. Now, that doesn't take a lot of exegesis or study. (laughs) Yeah. You were hard-hearted. It wasn't God's intent. Mm -hmm. And I love the way Jesus says it. Moses permitted. Yeah. You can see the exasperated Moses from the Exodus when all these people are lining up with their problems. And yeah. Jethro, his father-in-law, says, they're going to wear you out. You need to spread the spread the wealth around, so to speak. So you can see Moses dealing with this incalculable number of people that are coming to him. That Their marriage is you know, hard. Their wife doesn't love them, whatever. God's intent was one man, one woman for life. Moses permitted them. Now, let's continue. The issue is still alive and well in the New Testament. Because by the time we come to Paul and one of the the write-ins asked about 1 Corinthians 7, which let me just summarize 1 Corinthians 7, that that whole chapter is about remaining in the condition in which you're called. So Hmm. if, if you go to, let's just say you heard Paul preach, you came to Christ, you went home, you're married to a non believer, Paul says, Look, you stay there. Yeah. Because you don't know if your influence is gonna help that man or woman come to Christ. If they leave, you can't control that, but remain in the condition which you're called. That's the theme of 1 Corinthians 7. Hmm. So let's keep that in context before we you know, over-apply that passage. Now, let's, let's, let me give you some, these are Michael's opinions slash wisdom slash you know, views on marriage and divorce. Number one, divorce nor remarriage are unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on where you grew up, uh, the kind of church you're around, the kind of Christian friends you may or may not have. Um, there are some some settings where there's really a hard line, no divorce, no remarriage. In principle, I understand that position. I completely do. Because let's just say you get a divorce, it would seem wise not to remarry. But let me add quickly, divorce, no remarriage are unforgivable. Secondly, the high standard for marriage cannot be overlooked. If we go back to the Bible as the whole, think about this. It begins with a marriage and ends with a marriage. Mm -hmm. You've got the, the marriage of Adam and Eve. You have the marriage of the Lamb of God to his church. 
In between those bookends of Scripture are full of story, narrative, lessons, theology, all about marriage and family. The, the fact that he chose the metaphor of Christ and his bride being the church and he, he preparing his church without any spot. You know, we talked about this many times. The reason the bride wears white mm-hmm. is not the Western cultural tradition for wedding dresses. Yeah. It's a throwback to Ephesians and Revelation where Christ cleanses his bride to the point where there's not a spot or wrinkle or any stain on her wedding gown. And so the the bride's dress is depicting this as what Christ has done for his church. I also find it interesting in this high standard for marriage that this is the one covenant God asks man to keep. Mm -hmm. He saves us not on what we do. And he doesn't say, keep your salvation by doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. He doesn't ask you to, you know, uh, vow to raise your children in such and such a way. He doesn't ask you to vow to give a percentage of your money away. We have grace in all these areas. But when it comes to marriage, it's a covenant mm-hmm. he asks man to keep. Mm-hmm. I find that striking mm-hmm. at the high view of this high standard of what marriage is about. So reviewing, number one, divorce nor remarriage are unforgivable. Two, let's have a high standard of our opinion of marriage. Three, Reconciliation is always the hope. So if a couple is struggling, if they're having you know terrible time in their marriage and parenting, they're fighting, maybe one's a workaholic, maybe you know, one feels unloved, et cetera, et cetera, you, know, you need to get some help. And let's say you're separated. I know there's a whole culture of Christian counseling that believe in redemptive uh, separation, redemptive divorce. I have strong opinions on these things, but at the end of the day, waiting doesn't hurt. And if, if there's still an opportunity for that reconciliation, I would not completely dismiss it because if God's a God of resurrecting the dead, maybe he can resurrect a relationship. Now, at some point when the spouse who's estranged, who leaves, who started the divorce, if they remarry, it's obvious there's no way to reconcile that marriage again. And that is in keeping with the principle of the certificate of divorce. Once that person's remarried, you cannot take that person back. Four, wisdom wins the day. Again, divorce nor remarriage are unforgivable. Secondly, there's a high standard, a high view of marriage we need to keep in mind. Three, reconciliation is the hope. Four, wisdom wins the day. You know, I've seen so many marriages uh, that have gone south, they've gone divorced, they get remarried, and they have enormous struggles. I could tell you stories for hours about people that have come to me even after losing a spouse, after the death of a spouse. I remember one couple, they came to me, uh, they both lost spouses, they wanted to remarry, and I just, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know, but I just said, wisdom would say, wait a while, Mm -hmm. wait a while. Well, they got remarried. That poor woman came back to my office with her head in her hands and crying like a schoolgirl, saying she wished she'd have never gotten remarried. It's remarriage is not the solution to all our problems. Right. And, and you're bringing family systems and blended families and traditions and the use of money. Dating is not the same as being married and living with that person. So even those who remarry for, let's say, you know, right reasons are going to have challenges. Uh, secondly, under wisdom wins the day, I've seen remarriages that fail. They've been in my office. They've argued with me. <laughs> 
they've tried to get my permission. What, like, why do you need my permission? But they want my permission, and then they get remarried, and then it fails. And I don't run around going, I told you so, I told you so. But it's hard. Um, thirdly, under Wisdom Wins the Day, I've seen remarriages go through very difficult adjustments and work. Um, many of these have done well. It doesn't mean it's easy, and these couples are some of the, the quickest to, you know, when someone's going through trouble, saying, let us tell you our story. Mm-hmm. Because if you're hurt and you've been abandoned and maybe the woman's raising the children without help, maybe the husband isn't doing his share financially, all kinds of uh, common themes, uh, boy, just somebody who will help me. Yeah. And then you get this person, and now you got these adjustments to make. Those difficult adjustments can be, uh, you know, you can work through them, but it takes time. Fourth, under this idea of wisdom wins the day, the remarriages that work well, I've seen one consistent theme. Now, I'm not saying it's a universal theme. But I'm saying it's a consistent theme. And that's what I call the recognition of personal culpability. That even if the husband had the affair, the wife had the affair, whatever caused this thing to unravel, mm-hmm. uh, let, let's say I'm the, quote, innocent party. Can I recognize there's some level where I was culpable? If so, can I seek God's forgiveness for that? I'm not saying there's not an innocent party. I am saying more often than not, there is some culpability. And the healthiest remarriages that Cindy and I have seen are couples. And they've sat, you know some of these folks, Hannah, we've known them for 30 plus years, will say, we both, had we worked as hard at our first marriages, yeah. we'd have never gotten divorced. Yeah. Now, they have a healthy marriage. It's, it's sometimes over 30 years old. But they had to grapple with that. They had to grapple with their children, their uh, step families, yeah. the, the multiple blended families, I mean, you take four or five couples, none of them raise children the same way. Right. You add remarriage to this mix. Yeah. You're raising my son that way. My do- I don't let my son watch that thing. I don't let my daughter do those things. So the complexities of this become manifold. And that's where I keep coming back to wisdom wins the day. You want to be wise in this process. Um, one of my personal major cautions when a person is considering remarriage is is time. It just, you you need to wait. You need to take time, get wise counsel. And I kind of have, I wouldn't say it's a red flag, but it edges on there. If they've been divorced or remarried more than once, Mm -hmm. I won't officiate the service. Mm -hmm. And I'm not judging jury. I'm not the perfect pastor or officiant. I'm not saying that. I've just seen so many multiples that don't work. Once they've been divorced once or twice, it just doesn't work. I had a couple of miles years ago. I was probably in my 30s. They had both been through multiple divorce remarriages. They had been married to each other at one point. And um, the wife came back into the husband's life, and it was a you know it was it was almost like two junior high kids the way they were dating. Mm-hmm. They were giddy. They were holding each other's hands in my office. To, we prayed, and God led us together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was probably in my mid-30s, and I, I, I wasn't unkind, but I said, you know, um, I know what you're saying, that you prayed and God led you together. I'm going to tell you he didn't. Hmm. I'm going to tell you you're in love with love, mm-hmm. and you're lonely, and you connect because you've got a history, and that's not a reason to get remarried. Yeah. And I'll never forget the woman getting so mad at me. I said, look, I'm not a priest. I'm a pastor. 
I officiate weddings. I don't make marriages. I'm telling you from wisdom, this is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to be unkind or mean. You're asking me. Right. Well, fast forward. They went down the street. Somebody married them. They came back to the church I was serving, which shocked me. I wouldn't have come back (laughs) if I was them. (laughs) Found a new pastor that agrees with me. And uh, it lasted about 10 months. Wow. And she left. And I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet or a cousin to a prophet. <laughs> it's just wisdom. Yeah. This is just wisdom. And you know, so often we have these these flurries of loneliness. Our life's going along. We meet a person. This is going to solve a problem. Now, the last thing I want to say about wisdom wins the day is when it comes to blended families. If, if you're blending a family, you need to have the courage to get some deep counseling mm-hmm. because um, no matter how well, I, I know a, a woman right now, she's got children from a prior marriage. She's dating a guy that's divorced and they're spending a lot of time together and these kids love this man. And so people are saying, wow, look how much those kids love that man. As an outside, uh, let's say, experienced, a little bit cynical person, of course they love that man hmm. because he's giving them attention. Mm-hmm. He's taking them to the park. Mm-hmm. He plays with them the whole time they're together. Right. He's not the 24-7 dad. Right. And that will change Yeah. if and when they choose to remarry. Sure. I'm not saying you don't do it. I'm not saying it's wrong in every, in every case. I'm just saying use wisdom. Let's go back to the very first point in my little summary. Divorce nor remarriage are unforgivable. And each person's going to stand before God, not some pastor's opinion or somebody that said it was okay for me to get married. Um, you're going to stand before God. And, and I would encourage you, pray. If you've got any check in your spirit or heart or wondering, just ask him to forgive you. It's that simple. It really is that simple. But you will need some help to work through the remarriage, the realignment. Uh, if you're blending families together, how to navigate that. The healthiest couples are those who can own their culpability and continue to grow and work on their marriage. That second marriage will not be any easier in many respects. It may be better. It may be two Christians. It may be healthier. But there will yet be challenges. Two sinners glued together, sleeping in the same bed. (laughs) You're (laughs) going to have conflict. Yeah, yeah. And that's all I got to say about that. Well, let me press you (laughs) a little bit more. But our first write-in, I mean, th- I-, I love this guy's, you know, heart and what he's asking, but it-, it sounds like he has not been married before, but he's dating a woman who has and is divorced, and it was due to abuse in that marriage. And I mean, he's- his question is, his concern is, am I committing adultery simply by marrying her? Yeah. If I take the strictest understanding of those Old Testament passages, I have to say yes. That said, when we come to the New Testament, and I see Christ responding to the questions of the day. He's saying it was because of the stubbornness of your heart. Moses permitted this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fall on permitted being mercy. Mm-hmm. Does that absolve consequence? No. Mm-hmm. Which is why I mentioned culpability. So let's say all things being equal, you know, I can't say yes or no, do this. I'm saying if a person proceeds with it and marries that person and they think, Lord, am I committing adultery? Simply ask God mm-hmm. for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, how many couples are remarried without ever asking these questions? Yeah, that's true. Haven't even put in the time yeah. and And I, I don't have any God. desire to make them feel guilty and ashamed and yeah. rub their nose in it. God forgives me all the time. Right. 
That's what I said earlier in one of our questions. We need grace because we fail at the beginning. We need mercy because we fail so often yeah. every day. Yeah. So we're not better because we haven't been divorced and married. That said, sin brings consequence. And let's just say, theoretically, without hurting people's feelings, let's say a remarriage was sinful. It was committing adultery, whatever. Uh, there will be consequences. God will forgive you if you seek his forgiveness. That may mean your marriage is going to have some complexity. Yeah. Well, welcome to the human race. R- right. I mean, there are lots of marriages with complexities that have nothing to uh, do you, with divorce you, you and You and Tyler have been married, what, almost five, five years, years now? Yeah. Your mom and I almost are coming up on 40 here not too long. Yeah. Um, we still have trouble. Right. Uh, it's hard, and that, that's Jesus' comment. Because we're about, still sinners. It's hard, that, exactly, <laughs> we're still sinners. The only time your marriage is perfect is when you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then your sin conditions are removed from that other person. So funny. And I think just to maybe qualify this a little bit, especially for folks that don't know you personally, I mean, there are people that we know and love dearly, and we are so grateful that they're married. We love their marriage that have been in these exact situations. I mean, a remarriage, an abusive situation before. I mean, so, you know, you're not answering this from a place where where you don't know people in these exact situations. And we're grateful for those marriages today and pray God's blessing on them today. Oh, your you mom know, and so. I've got some long, long friendships that have been divorced and married. And some of our closest you know, friends, when you guys were little especially, we traveled with this one family, love them to death, so proud of what they've done in their marriage. And they've been through all kinds of trouble. Yeah. And, and, and they're yeah. helping other marriages exactly. today. I mean, yeah. Exactly. So that's what, uh, go back to it. It's not unforgivable. But I do think the recognition, one, one of um, the... Uh, it was a family back in Virginia. She had three sons, and uh, we had this Mother's Day tribute. And I'll never forget one of the sons got up, and he, he had this comment. He said, Mom taught me that if you have to think about something twice, your conscience is probably telling you don't do it. Interesting. Not a bad wisdom principle. And I thought, you know, when it comes to marriage, if there's that check or that, you know, give it time. Mm. Give it time. And over time. And then once you've gone down the road and you're remarried, find people who can help you, who can walk with you in life, who've been there, done that, mm-hmm. who've grown. And again, the ones that in this couple in particular we're thinking about, um, they were some of the first your mom and I met that were like, look, we, we messed up in our first marriages. Mm-hmm. We were we were terrible mm-hmm. in our first marriages. And then I have, we have some that were, you know, I don't say there's an innocent party because we're sinners. But as much as you could be, I have a friend, I would say she's an innocent party. Yeah. She did nothing wrong. He was the one that, you know, ran off and did his thing and left her. Um, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And so then how do you say to that person, you can never remarry ever. Right. Unless your husband dies or gets remarried. Right. Um, I don't want to play that role. That to me is you need wise counsel. You need before you and the Lord. And then as you proceed, and if you remarry. Go for it with courage, with with help, with maturity, knowing it's going to be tough. But again, God's merciful uh, when we make good and bad decisions. If you've got a question for Ask Dr. E, call us or text us at 615-281-9694. Or you can email us at question at michaelincontext.com. We would love to hear from you. Ask Dr. E is a production of Michael Easley in Context. The music for this show is composed by Jason Germain, and you can find more biblical resources at michaelincontext.com.